Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Peace. That's what the Messiah brings to this world. We have been looking for the last several weeks at various aspects of the Christmas season and message. The first week, we asked ourselves, have you heard the word of love? Because certainly Christmas is a demonstration of God's love and care and concern for humanity. And we talked about what true love is, that it is the commitment to make whatever sacrifice is necessary for the well-being of the person loved. And we saw how Jesus exemplified that because he left the splendor of heaven, he came to this earth, he became a man, and he took upon himself willingly the punishment for our sin. That was love. Second week, we looked at the word of joy. Have you heard the word of joy? And we thought about where we try to find joy in this world. And most of the time, we are looking for happiness in things and circumstances. But that's not real joy. Real joy is centered in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Real joy finds its core, finds its root in the fact that we are in a proper relationship with our Creator. And therefore, no matter what happens, whether the circumstances go up or down, pleasant or unpleasant, we have that solid bedrock relationship that produces joy within us. Last week we looked and asked whether or not we had heard the word of hope. What is it that keeps us going each and every day? Why do we get up in the morning? What is the hope that we have? And we thought that, you know, people who fix their hopes on this world really don't have a lot to look forward to because this world is spiraling down. We can see it everywhere we look. And it's just the way of all things. So our hope can't be focused in this world. Our hope has to be focused in the Lord Jesus Christ. In some person that is worthy of having our hope fixed in him and who is outside of this collapsing, decaying, falling world. Today, we want to ask, have you heard the word of peace? That is something that our world is looking for today, isn't it? We see in the news all the in information about the Russia-Ukraine war and all the information about the war ongoing between Hamas and Israel. But did you know that there were 32 nations in 2023 that were at war? And within those 32 nations, there were individual conflicts within the hundreds. This is not a world of peace. If we could get outside of our atmosphere and look back at the world and sort of color all of the land and water with red that is at war, at conflict, you wouldn't find any place on the face of the planet where there's not some kind of conflict going on today. It might be between nations. It might be between ethnic groups within nations. 
It might be between individuals over the backyard fence. But there is no peace on earth. For example, in Myanmar, they are engaged in an ethnic civil war that has resulted in about 10,000 deaths this year. We didn't get to hear that on the radio or the television, did we? That didn't come across very much. Afghanistan is still at war. We've withdrawn from there some years ago, but they're still at war, and it's against a terrorist insurgency. Ethiopia and Eritrea are at war within themselves, factions within each country warring against others. Yemen is involved in a civil war. This I found to be absolutely astounding. I didn't know until I went to look. Since 2006, when the Mexican government declared war on the drug cartels that have been plaguing that nation for so many years, there have been over 350,000 deaths and 72,000 people banished, just missing. Where is all that on the news? It's not, is it? You have to go digging, you have to go looking to see that this entire globe is a world that is plunged into turmoil. There is no peace on earth. And yet these are only the physical wars. How about the economic assaults through cybercrime, one nation against another nation, stealing information, using that information in ways to bring down a nation. We, we don't have to fight wars on the battlefield like at Gettysburg any longer. Now we can fight them by computer and try to gain the upper hand. And what is the reason for all of this? It's for dominance. We can fight these kinds of wars by creating fear and doubt within the minds of a people, getting them so psychologically subjected to, to misery and to fear that they become an easy target then to take over and to control. The purpose of all of this is to gain control over the world. We've seen it ever since Nimrod, way back there in the book of Genesis. He's the very first founder of an empire. And he wanted to control people. And that is the nature of sin. It, it, it wants to dominate others. It will not submit to the will of God. It will not submit to the sovereignty of the King of kings and Lord of lords. It will not submit to the creator of this universe. But instead, sin wants to exercise itself and dominate others. We don't have any peace in this world because we are not first at peace with our Creator. It goes all the way back to Adam, the very first individual that God created. God created Adam in his own likeness. God created Adam so that Adam shared in a, in a very small and limited way with many of the attributes of his creator. Adam is, in a sense, like God, and yet he's very different from God. He is not God. But do you remember what the temptation was that Satan put before Adam and Eve? 
If you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God. You, you don't need God to tell you how to live. You don't need God to govern your life. You can go do it all by yourself. You don't need anyone else. You can be your own little God. And we believe that lie. Adam did and Eve did. And we as their children have believed it ever since. And so there is no peace on earth because we are all trying to exercise dominance over one another. We're all trying to jockey for our own position of power and supremacy. We're all trying to do our own thing and create our own universe and create our own self now. We don't want any of the restraints, any of the boundaries any of the safety margins that God has set for humanity? No. What we want is to be free to do whatever we want. Beloved, that is not freedom. That is absolute bondage to sin and destruction. There is no peace in trying to run everything your own way. Jesus, when he came, demonstrated love. He offered joy. He offered hope. And he offered peace. But what is this peace that he offers? Because even, even when there are no bombs falling and no bullets flying, we're still not at peace with ourselves. We still get awake at 2 o'clock in the morning, and we have to confront our own selves and our own consciences, and we know that we're not at peace. So where does it come from? And what does it look like? Well, there are some instructive words in both the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you're probably familiar with the word shalom. That's a word that has worked its way into many languages around the world today, shalom. It's a common greeting among those who speak Hebrew, among the Jewish people. Shalom Alechem is I, you know, peace to you, and you respond Alechem Shalom to you be peace. Uh, you you can you can hear that word many times, and it means far more than just the cessation of hostilities. Shalom encompasses completeness a completeness, where you're not lacking anything. It encompasses the idea of welfare, where you are doing well, inside and outside. You're doing well on the inside. You're, you're at peace with one another. You're not agitated. You're not disturbed. You're not in tension with those around you and not in tension with yourself and not in tension with God. Shalom uh, talks about the, the positive blessings that come to enjoy the blessings and the benefits of health and strength and life. Shalom is a beautiful term that we just, we don't have one word in English that encompasses all this. It's to experience no harm or even the threat of harm. 
to not have to worry about what might the future hold. How bad might the future be? Shalom erases all of that and presents us with a, a peace that's undisturbed because there is not going to be any disturbance in the future. We've, I don't think we've ever experienced shalom on this planet because we've always wondered about what the next conflict will be each year um, various world watch groups military groups and news agencies and so forth will publish you know 10 hot spots to watch in 2024 because they anticipate that there's going to be something that happens to disturb the peace shalom eliminates all of that negative potentiality but there's nothing that can come that will disturb that peace. In the New Testament, the word is Irene. Now, we don't talk about that very often, but if you know any lady who's named Irene, anybody know any Irene? Do we have any Irenes with us today? Yeah, we know, know some Irenes? Well, that comes from the Greek word Irene, which means peace. And, and the word Irene focuses on harmonious relationships. That things are right in the relationship. Boy, that would be nice, wouldn't it? To be at peace with all of our family members. To enjoy Irene with, with the po people that we work with each day. Wouldn't that be wonderful? To have those harmonious relationships. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have that Irene type of relationship with our Creator? It means those relationships are harmonious between individuals and nations and ethnic groups. And it also means freedom from trouble or agitation or molestation from others. Nobody's going to come and poke you and disturb you. It's not going to be a negative kind of thing. Both shalom and arene in Hebrew and in Greek overlap a lot in their meanings. And that is exactly what God brings to us at Christmas. Remember the shepherds out there on the hillside keeping watch over their flock by night? And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. What was the angel's message? That, that a Savior had been born. And then that angel was joined by a multitude of angels and they were either singing or saying, I like to think they were singing, but they were singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Peace. That's what the Messiah brings to this world. Peace. And it's possible because what Jesus did was to come to bring a reconciliation between fallen humanity and God. A reconciliation. A, 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 a removal of those things that stood between us because the penalty for those things 
was paid by the Messiah himself. So that now there can be a coming together of man and God. He's not our judge any longer because our sin has been paid for at the cross of Calvary. Our debt has been satisfied by Jesus Christ and by believing that he did that on our behalf, our sin can be forgiven by submitting ourselves to the overlordship of Jesus Christ, that he is king of my life, that he is the master of my existence, by submitting to him, now I am at peace with God. And when I am at peace with God, then I can be at peace with you. And how much more easily that can be accomplished when you are at peace with God. Now, Paul later in the New Testament understands that that's not always possible. He says, as much as it lies within you, be at peace with all men. I, 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 I want to be at peace with everybody, but you know there are a few people in this world that it doesn't matter what you do, they're not happy, right? You've run into them. You've tried to be at peace with them. You've tried to get the situation worked out. But they are just as stubborn and just as recalcitrant and just as dug into their own self-righteousness as you once were, as I once was. But it's when we came to know Christ as our Savior, when he transformed our lives, then we had the capacity to be at peace with others. And if you know Christ as your Savior, hopefully you should be able to give testimony to the fact that, you know what? I am at peace. I'm at peace with my wife, with my husband. I'm at peace with my children. It doesn't mean that I let my kids get away with murder, but, you know, I, I, I'm, we're in a good relationship there. And the discipline that I have to sometimes bring to my children is because I love them, because I want them to know the right way to live. Just like God sometimes disciplines us as his children. We're at peace with God, but every once in a while we get a little ouchy, don't we? we? We get going down the wrong direction. And God has to rein us in. He has to pull us up short. He has to provide correction to us. But this peace is foundational. But it's not just that it's peace on earth. Luke chapter 19, verses 37 and 38 record some events at the crucifixion or leading up to the crucifixion. Listen to this. It says, Then as he, that's Jesus, was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. This is the beginning of the of the uh, final week of Christ, his Passion Week or the Crucifixion Week. It's going to culminate with Jesus on the cross. But here, at the beginning of that week, they're shouting his praises. Listen to what they say. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. You remember what the angel said at his birth? Peace on earth. 
You see, the peace that Jesus comes to bring, the peace that he comes to obtain for us, doesn't just affect humanity, it affects all of creation. It's peace in heaven and glory in the highest. It's peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Jesus comes, Paul says in Romans, that, that his, his crucifixion, his death, reconciles all of creation to God. Not just humanity. You see, when Adam sinned, Romans tells us that the whole universe was subjected to futility. God created Adam to be his vice regent on earth. He was God's representative. and God gave him the task of ruling and ordering and organizing the world that God had given him to live in. Adam fell from that. He, he abdicated the position through his sin. And that abdication of that position of vice regent of the world had an impact on the entire universe. I, I don't think I can explain all that. I don't think I can understand the comprehensive scope of all that happened when Adam sinned. But all that it was was wrapped up in what Jesus was going to do at the cross to bring reconciliation to the whole world. Not just to humanity, but to the whole of creation. So that there would be peace on earth and peace in heaven. You don't have to read very far, for example, in the book of Revelation until you come to the spot where it talks about there was war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And there's not, there's not peace in heaven right now because there's not peace in the hearts of men. That's what Jesus came to do, to bring peace. Now, it's a supernatural peace. It's not anything that you and I can whip up. It's not anything that we can do for ourselves. For example, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says this. He's writing about our salvation. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith. In other words, we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. We, we have surrendered our own will to his will. We have determined that we are not going to live in rebellion against God any longer, but we're going to humbly submit to him. He's forgiven of our sins, and we are going to submit to our Savior. Therefore, having been justified, declared not guilty by faith, he goes on to say, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace because of that justification because of God declaring that we are not guilty because our guilt has been paid for by Christ. It's a supernatural thing. It's a gift of God. You can't earn this peace. You can't go out and buy this peace. You can't get this peace by signing peace treaties. No. You submit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and he gives you his peace. That's exactly what Paul was talking about in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. There he says, be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus the peace of God that's a, a what we call in Greek a genitive of source in other words the source of this peace is God it's of him it's from him he gives this peace this peace from God surpasses all understanding you're not gonna be able to figure it out you read through Fox's book of martyrs or other church historical records you discover that there are generations of folks people who have have become martyrs and have gone to their deaths with peace that's supernatural beloved that's just a, a supernatural kind of event I'm not sure what's going on here but something's not working it's a supernatural kind of event I, I mean when you're faced with death that's not when you would expect peace is it but it's supernatural that God provides that you and I can't get for ourselves we can't work it up oh beloved it guards your hearts and your minds your emotions and your intellect that's the kind of peace that we need the peace that governs our thinking Paul goes on there in the very next verse verse 8 he says whatever things are true whatever things are just whatever things are right whatever things are noble whatever is good lovely all those things think on these things he even tells us how to guide our minds into the truth so that we can experience that peace in its fullness don't get your eyes on the world don't don't get the 24-hour news feeds going get the 24-hour Bible feed going you know if, if Christians people who claim to know Christ would spend as much time in the scriptures as they spend on social media and looking at the the stuff in the world we would have a very different world to live in because we would have Christians who understand who God is and understand what God is doing and understand what their role is in the kingdom of God and they would be out there doing it not trying to conform to the world maybe there's a challenge for us right turn off the social media and turn on the Word of God and watch the transformation happen it guards our hearts and our minds our emotions and our intellects beloved that's the peace that Jesus Christ left heaven to bring to us tonight we're going to talk about the incarnation of Christ and hopefully pull all these little threads together so I hope you'll be back this evening but the question right now is do you know the peace of God for yourself right now you can because it's not based on this world it's based on a relationship with Jesus Christ 
that relationship is life transforming it's far more than just knowing a few facts about jesus and saying oh yeah i believe he came to this world yeah i believe he died on the cross yeah i, I believe those things you know it's life transforming since those things are true how has it changed your life you don't have to be at war with god you can surrender you can confess your sin you can be forgiven and you can be at peace and enjoy that supernatural peace and that hope that is found in jesus christ and that joy that comes from having a relationship with your creator and that love that you experience because god loved you you don't know christ as your savior don't leave here today without talking to me or one of the folks up here on the handbell line or back here talk to us we want to be able to share christ with you this is the most important relationship you will ever have because it not only affects this life it affects the life to come let's pray heavenly father we thank you so much for your goodness to us it just is astounding and amazing to know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, left heaven and came to this world, took on human flesh, lived here among us, a perfect life, never a sin, offered himself as the perfect sacrifice in our place so that he might pay our penalty so that all those who trust in him might be set free. Father, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of each one of us here today, that we would know Christ as our Savior, that we would be able to rejoice in that gift of eternal life, and that this Christmas would really be a reason to celebrate. Thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. We pray it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.